begin today the Gemara on the Mem Vav, third line from the top of the Yamad, where it says, Itma. The Gemara here is continuing. This is the last halacha on this subject regarding a case where a katana married herself off without the father's consent. She's totally in the father's possession. She can't marry herself off. We had before in the Gemara, Machlekes, a discussion about this. What happens? Do we say that if she does this, then the whole thing is worthless? Or Rav Shmuel said that no, she's going to need a get, and she has to do Mion as well, because maybe the father agreed to this. So here the Gemara continues regarding this case. Itmar, we learned the following aloha. Ketana that went and got married to someone, she received the Kiddushim from someone without the consent of the father. So now, even if we're going to say that we have to be Cheshish for this Kiddushim, but the question is, could she back out from this? Could the father come along and say clearly, I disagree, and therefore the Kiddushim does not take effect? So Amarav, Rav said, Baini, Ubeinavia, both she herself and the father as well, <coughs> can hold back this Kedushin from taking effect. So the Pshara and the Gemara, the fact that the father can hold back is simple because she's in the possession of the father. So if the father actually comes forward and makes it clear that he doesn't want the Kedushin, so there's no Kedushin here. The whole reason it would be Kedushin is because we say maybe the father agreed to what she did. He says, listen, if this is what my daughter wants, so then it's good for her, it's good for me. So he agrees. But the moment the father says he doesn't want, so there's no Kedushin. Why could she, though, prevent this Kedushin from taking effect? So Teisus here explains the reason is because the only reason we would say that the father is happy for this condition to take effect, even though he didn't say so before, is because the father is thinking to himself, if my daughter wants it, if it's good for her, so then I'm happy with it. But the moment she comes forward and she says that she doesn't want the Kedushin, so then the father is not happy about such a Kedushin either. So then it comes out that it's not as chus for her. If it's not as chus for her, so then what the husband did was Mekadashah without having the father's clear permission beforehand didn't take effect. The only reason when the husband did this, when this man did this with the woman is because, and it does take effect, is because we say that if the father wants it, then, even if he didn't say so clearly, but now that his daughter is happy, so then it's a schos for his daughter, and, it, and we know that the father is happy if his daughter is happy, so the condition takes effect. But now that his daughter is not happy, so the condition does not take effect. That's what Taisus here explains. Uh, and Rashi, it's not clear how Rashi learns this, because Rashi says that this, that the daughter can back out from this Kiddushin is only before the father uh, comes and uh, says that he uh, backs out from this. Or, or before, before the father wants, that is. She could only back out before the, if, if, before the father comes and decides that he wants this condition. That's what Rashi says. It's a discussion of Mepharsh and why that is according to Rashi. Okay, but I'm t- this Taisus explains clearly the Pshat and and Rashi doesn't say clearly here. Because the letter does can mean two things. It could either mean that the father never knew about it, or the father, according to Taisus, the Taisus will strike, because if, 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 if the father knew but, did, but didn't, didn't say anything, What's the term? She can back out afterwards and say that she doesn't want, and then because of that, the whole thing is not a schos. So the rats the father. If the father knows about it, why, how could she back out? If the father knows about it, but the, the father didn't say anything up until this yeah. point, that's what we're talking about. Up until this point, the father didn't say a word. She was makabel the kiddushin, and when she was makabel it, she wanted. But now she wants to back out, and she says no, she doesn't want it. The moment she backs out, so then. The fact that the father was quiet, we don't translate that as a schus for her. We translate as something which she's now saying she doesn't want it. So therefore, if she doesn't want it, so the father doesn't want it either. So then there's no kedushin. That's a taste of there.
Okay, but Ravasi Yomar, Ravasi says, Ovia Veloihi. Not only the father can back out, she's in the father's possession. The father's the one that has the rights to say yes or no, and she can't, she has nothing to say about this. The Pasek here says, If the father refuses her to get married to this man, what it's talking about over here is a mafata, someone that came and seduced her into a relationship. The Pasek there says that, that this man should go, He should marry her. Yeah, she won't be able to get married not, or it's going to be difficult for her to get married to anyone else. He should go ahead and marry her. Then the Pasek says, if the father refuses, so then this man doesn't marry her. Instead, he pays a knas, kesef yishko kemayar That's the Pasek. So now, it says a double lashon. Mo'in yumo'in. What do we learn from this? I only see that if the father refuses this marriage, so then he doesn't marry her. How do I know if she, if the girl herself says, I don't want to marry this man, she could also refuse this marriage? It says a double expression here, and that means either way, whether the father refuses, whether she refuses, she can back out of this, she doesn't want to be married to this man. So at this point, the Gemara understands what's the Pasek here saying when it says, what happened over here is this man that had a relation with her one time before he and he seduced her into this. He convinced her it was Baratzen. What happened was that first bia was l'shem kiddushin. He did it l'shem kiddushin, and she agreed the first time. Then now afterwards she wants to back out, or her father wants to back out, and the pasuk is saying either she can back out or the father can back out. So the question is, how could Ravasi say that only the father can back out? Here we see that both of them can back out. So Rav answered this question and said, Don't go here to such a source to ask a question. means that this is something that you can just turn around and simply answer. Why? Ravasi can answer to you. The pshat of the pasuk here is not that the first time he seduced her and there was a bia here. It was l'shem kiddushin, and now the pasuk is saying that both the father and the daughter could back out. The, the B over here was nothing to do with marriage at all. Stop. He had a relation with her. He convinced her, but it has nothing to do with marriage at all. Mm-hmm. And over here, the Pasik is saying that she or her father could back out, and then if they don't want the Kiddushin, so then he's going to have to pay a Knas. That's what the Pasik is speaking about. Says the Gemara, if so, Pito Shum Ishus, if when he convinced her and he had a relation with her and it was nothing to do with marriage, Kra boy, we need a Pasek here to say that she or her father can back out from marrying him. Why should they not be able to back out? There was, there was no trace of any marriage here at all. She's not connected to this man in any way. She can walk away and finish. He can walk, he can, the father could decide. She could decide. What's the Chiddush of here, the Pasek, when it says, Moin, you mind, that they, both, both the father and the daughter can back out from this? explains, true, the Pasek is talking not coming to be Mechadish that they can back out. Obviously they can back out. But the main Chiddush of the Pasek is something else. Loimar to say shemeshalim knas that he has to pay a knas if the father or the girl herself back out he has to pay a knas which you pay by a case of a mafute when he seduced the girl and then he's not marrying her in other words you would have thought to say maybe only if the man himself refuses to marry then he has to pay a knas 
And that's if the father or the daughter say, I'm ready to marry you, and he refuses, then he has to pay a knas. But maybe if the father or the girl himself, they refuse to get married, then maybe he shouldn't have to pay a knas. He's, he's saying, I'm ready to marry her. So the Ikechidosh of the Pasik is that even though the father or the daughter refuse, you still have to pay a knas. That's the main point here. But the fact that they could refuse, that's obvious. There was no Kiddush in here at all. The father agreed, but the daughter didn't. If the father agrees that she should get married, so then she's going to be forced to get married to this man. Huh? <laughs> well, yeah, she's a katana. If it's a katana, the father, she's going to be forced to marry this man. And that says if it's the other way around, if she wants and the father does not want, so then also, in such a case, uh, she's not going to get married to this man, actually, because the father doesn't want. But, uh, yeah, and in such a case, the man's going to have to pay the knas. Yeah. Amalei Rav Yosef, Rav Yosef said, I'll bring you a right to this pshat. So this that it says in another b'raise, regarding this case. That he should go and marry her. That's if, if, they, if he agrees, if he wants, if he's ready, if she's ready. So then he should go and marry her. So the b'raise says in this, <laughs> The expression of the post-it, it's a lashon that's used, like you, you, you give money for a ksuba, and then you marry her. So why is it using this expression? It's making clear that the fact that he already had a relation with her before was not a Kiddushin. Now she needs a Kiddushin. So says Rav Yasef, that proves the point that we're saying here, that the first time when he had a relation with her had nothing to do with Kiddushin. If the first time he had a relation with her and he convinced her and it was for Kiddushin, why is the Pasuk saying now that he needs a new Kiddushin? It should just say that he should continue living with her. So Abaye said to Rav Yasef, no, this is not a raya. The fact that the Pasuk is saying you need a Kiddushin, now is not a raya that the first time was not L'Shem Kiddushin. Tzricha Kiddushin L'da Saviyah. You need a Kiddushin so that it should be with the Father's consent. The first time, we don't know if the Father agreed or not. He had a, a, a relation with her and he convinced her, but we don't know if the Father would be masking to this. The Pasuk is saying, now we should be Mekadosh L'Shem Kiddushin that the Father agrees and then it'll be, we'll know for sure that it's a Kiddushin. Therefore, the, the Lashon of this Pasuk is not a raya. A man says to a woman, should be married to me with this date here. Now this date does not have necessarily a value of a pruta. So he said one time, with this date. And he says again another statement like this, should be married to me with another date. <laughs> so he said this one date, another date, it could be three, four, however many. If one of these dates has the value of a pruta, then she'll be married to him. Vimlav, but if, if one itself does not have the value of a pruta, she's not going to be married because we don't combine these different dates together to the value of a shava pruta because he said separate statements, iskachili with one, iskachili with the other, so it's not one big condition here. However, if he did not say the word iskachi again, if he just said bizu, ubizu, ubizu, you should be married to me with this date and this one and this one, so then, even if one does not have, but all of them together, combined to the value of a Shavapruta, she'll be Mekadashas, because the, you can, over here it's one Kedushan with all of them together. Hmm. If they all together do not still have a Shavapruta, then any Mekadashas, she's not married. If he gives her the date, and she eats it up right away. So then, Rishayna, Rishayna, each day she eats up, she will not be married to him, the Kedushin doesn't take effect, 
Uh, only if one of these dates has the value of a Shava Pruta. So this last case of the Mishnah, we'll see you right over here soon in the Gemara, what case of the Mishnah it's going on. Okay, so the Gemara, man tane, who is the Tan of our Mishnah that says, Hiskachi, Hiskachi, that because the husband said, Hiskachi, that you should be married to me with one date, and then he said again, Hiskachi, for another date, that it's, it makes a break between one and the other, and therefore it's not one long thing, and we can't combine the value of one date and another. Amar Rabbe, says, Rab This is Rab the Omar that said, and this we had this before in the Gemara, Rab said in a case where a person, you have five people that come and demand of him a pekodin. They say to him, we have a pekodin that we gave you that you're safekeeping for us. And he denies to all five people, and he swears a shvua sheker about this. So by, when a person makes a Shavuot Sheker, what happens? He's chayiv to bring a carbon for this. So if the person made this Shavuot Sheker regarding five different people, is it considered to be one long Shavuot Sheker? Or is it considered to be separate? So Rav Shimon says, it depends if he said the Lashon of Shavuot again in between. If he just said, Bazu, 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 he's, I don't owe you. Or, or now over there, it's not Bazu. Over there, if he says, Ein Lecha, Ein Lecha, Ein Lecha, I don't owe you, I owe you each one. So then it's considered to be one long Shavuot Sheker. But only Atshi Yoimar, if he used the, an expression of shvua for each one separately, then I say that it's a separate shvua sheker, and therefore you're going to be chayv five times if it's five people. So similar over here, if you use the term iskachi again and again, so then each date is separate. If you don't use the term iskachi again and again, so then it's all considered to be one big lashon of a kiddushin, and it combines together. That's the opinion of Rav Shemin. We had this before in the Gemara. The Gemara before brought the other opinions that disagree with this. Okay, now going to the last case of the Mishnah, where he gives her these dates, and she eats them. As she gets these dates, she eats them. So, bzu, 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 chulu. So here, the Gemara is going to focus on the next case of the Mishnah, which is when she ate them. So over here, it said, only if one of them is a Shavapruta, will she be Mekadeshes. This last case of the Mishnah, on what case is it going on? Is it going on the Reisha? where he said separately hiskachi, or is it going on the Sefer, where he did not say separately hiskachi, he just said bazu bazu. If you'll say this last case where she eats these dates, and if you hear the Mishnah saying only if one date is worth a Shavu Pruta, she's Mekidashas, if it's going back to the ratio of the Mishnah, so then my area yichelas. Why would we say that this halacha, that one has to be worth a Shavu Pruta, and only then is she Mekidashas, why would this be only if, she, because she was eating it all, she ate it up already, so therefore only if one has a Shavu Pruta, then she would be Mekidashas. Afilamanachas nami, even if the dates that he's giving her, she puts it down on the table and it's all here, the halacha still remains the same, only if one of them has the value of a Shavu Pruta, will she be Mekidashas, because he said hiskachi for each date separately, so you can't combine the value of one date to another. So the, this case of the Mishnah of eating cannot go under Reisha. Again, the Ha'a hiskachuli bezu He clearly said that you should be Mekadeshus only with one. So one has to be a Shavu Pruta. Elo Asefe. Rather, it's going on the Seifa of the Mishnah where he's telling her, I want you to be Mekadeshus to me with all of them. Right? He said it hiskachuli one time he said hiskachi and he said bezu, bezu, bezu. You should be Mekadeshus to me, let's say, with all three of them. But if so, the question is, 
is the Mishnah saying now that if the first of these dates would be a Shava Pruta, then she should be Mekadeshes? What was the Lashon of the Mishnah? The Mishnah said, As long as one date was a Shava Pruta, she'll be Mekadeshes. Says the Gemara, does that mean even if the first date she ate and that one was a Shava Pruta, she'll be Mekadeshes? Like the Gemara, If you think about this case, it's going to come out that he's being Mekadesher with her loan. How does this become a loan? So Rashi explains, when he was Mekadashir, he told her clearly that the condition is not taking effect with one date. It's taking effect with all of them. Let's say he's giving her three dates. He's telling her, Bazoo, 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 you only Mekadashis until you get the third date. But when you get the third date. And what did she do though? The moment she got the first date, she ate it up. When she ate up that date, at that point though, there was no Kiddushin yet. It wasn't even hers. He gave it to her, but the Kiddushin didn't take effect. So basically, he's giving it to her to hold on to until he's going to give her the additional date and only afterwards will the Kiddushan take effect. So now he's holding on to something which is not even really hers yet. He's just holding on to it as a pecotin. And then she goes and she eats it up. The moment she eats it up, so now she really owes him the value of this date until he gives her the other two dates that are going to complete the Kiddushan. And then when he gives her the other two dates, if the other two dates do not have a value of a Shava Pruta separately, and it's only the first date that has a value of a Shava Pruta, and the Mishnah here is saying that she's going to be Mikadeshas with the first date, but that first date is gone. It's not here anymore. And all there is in this, for this date is the fact that she owes him the value of that date that she ate before the condition was completed. If so, he's being Mekadashar, not with the actual date, which is not here anymore. He's being Mekadashar with the fact that she owes him the money for this date. And now he's saying, going to be Mekadashar to me with it, meaning he's being Meichel her, the value that he owes her for that date. That's Mekadash B'Milva. Hmm. So the Gemara says, be the way, we don't understand the halacha of this, of this last case in the Mishnah. So on this question, you have here a table set, there's meat on the table, there's a knife, but we don't know how to, what to do with this, we don't know how to eat this. This is an expression saying, we have over here this whole Mishnah, but it seems like everything is prepared, one case, a second case, a third case in the Mishnah, but there's, there's no explanation of what the third case of the Mishnah goes on. So the Gemara brings two pshatim for the Mishnah. Rav Shmuel Amritavayu. Rav and Shmuel both say the pshat on the Mishnah is Lo'ila Maresha. The last case here in the Mishnah when he gave her a date and she ate it immediately, and then she ate another date, another date. So the Mishnah is saying only if one was a Shavapruta will she be Mekadeshes. It's going back in the case of the Reisha where he told her Hiskachi, Hiskachi, and therefore one has to be a Shavapruta. So what was our question? If so, why is it saying only if she ate it? And therefore, one has to be a Shava Pruta. Why doesn't it say, just if it's all just sitting there on the table? Says the Gemara, It's a big Echidosh here in this case to say that she would not be Mekadeshes with this one date if it's not a Shava Pruta. Because needless to say, if he gives her these dates and they're all sitting on the table, that she will not be Mekadeshes if one of them is not a Shava Pruta, the in. If as a value of a Shava Pruta, she'll be Mekadeshes and if not, not. Here in the last case of the Mishnah, when she's now eating this date that he gave her, so in such a case, maybe I would say, even if it doesn't have a value of a Shava Pruta, but because we see how much she wants this date, she goes and she eats it right away and she enjoys this date, maybe I would say that she decides that she's ready to be married to him, even with this date that's not a Shava Pruta. For her, this date is very valuable for her. So maybe the, 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 the condition should take effect right away. 
Kamash Mulan, that's what the Mishnah here is saying, even though she ate this date. But if it's not a Shava Pruta, she's not Mukadeshes. That's the Chiddush of the last case of the Mishnah, so it is going back to the first case. That's one Pshat, that's Rav Shmuel's Pshat. Rav Ami Omar, Rav Ami says another Pshat, Really, this case of the Mishnah is going on, the Seifa of the Mishnah, where he told her that you hiskachili bazu, 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 and with all of them together. So our question was, if so, it comes out, if the first one was the one that was worth a Shava Pruta, and that she ate right away, before the Kedushan takes effect at the end. So now, she's only the Kedushan with what she owes him for the value of this date that she ate. So that's a Kedushan with a milva, with a loan. So he explains, you have to learn the Mishnah in a more specific way. When it says in the Mishnah that if one of these dates is worth a pruta, it be Mekadeshes, it doesn't mean any one of them. It doesn't mean the first one. It only means if the last date that he gave her is worth a Shava pruta, then she'll be Mekadeshes. And that's not a condition with a milva. The previous dates that she ate, so then she eats it, and now she owes him the value of that until the condition actually takes effect later. But the very last date that he's giving her now, now is when the condition takes effect. So when he gives her that date, and she eats it right away, she's Mekadeshes with this date. There's no loan here. Now is when she's becoming Mekadeshes. See, even though it said in the Mishnah, Ba'achas Mehen, the Ba'achas Mehen of the Mishnah meant only the last one. So we had before in the Gemara that because we learn out Kesef Kiddushin from uh, Stay Ephraim, so just like over there, when Avram paid for the property, he paid with Kesef Mamish. So too, Kiddushin has to be with Kesef Mamish. Can't, you can't be Makadash Bemulva. That's what Rashi explained on Davov. So now the Gemara says, Rav says, now based on this answer of Rav Ami here, Shmami no mit Rabami Tlas. We learn from Rav Ami three different Talachas. Shmami, you know, the first thing we can learn from what Rabami said, HaMakadosh B'milveh, and HaMakadoshes. Since Rabami accepted this question, and he gave this answer that it's only with the last one, so that shows that if it was a loan, if it was the first one, so then it's like a loan, she's not HaMakadoshes. Shmami, you know, another thing we can learn from Rabami is, HaMakadosh B'milveh U'pruta, if you Makadish a woman with a loan, you're being Michael alone that you gave her, but together with that, you're also giving her an actual pruta. So daita pruta, we say that she's thinking about the pruta you're giving her, and she will be mekadeshes because that's really what's happening over here. He's being mekadeshes with, let's say, three dates. The first two dates, if she eats it right away, it becomes like a loan. The kedushin didn't take effect yet, and she ate it, and she owes him that to, to give him back these dates because there's no kedushin taking effect there, and he's being mekadeshes with those dates as well because he says bzu 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 everything. But then the last one is like a pruta. The last one, if it's worth a shava pruta, that's what he's actually being the Kaddisher with. So he's being the Kaddisher with a milve and with a pruta. So you may say that she's focusing, she wants the condition to take effect only with the milve. And therefore it should not be a condition. But on that we say no, daita pruta, that her mind, she's thinking that the condition will take effect with the pruta. And in this case, that's the last uh, date that she's getting. And therefore she'll be Mekadashas. Uh, again, which is not the milve, right? The last date. And the last halacha we see from here is, and here the Gemara actually sort of comes out, the Gemara will now, you'll see that there's a whole other way of how to understand what's going on here. Shmami no, a third halacha you can learn from what Ravami said is, Mo'ez ba'al when, when a woman gets money, and this money turns out to be stam money, because the money does not end up being used for Kiddushin, Chayzrim, she has to pay it back to him. What, which means, what happens when a woman gets money from a man for Kiddushin, and if, if for whatever reason, the Kiddushin didn't end up taking effect. The Kiddushin was not done right, and the money does not, the Kiddushin does not take effect. What happens now with this money? 
So one way, one thing you could say is, well, if so, she owes him the money. She has to give it back to the husband. Another thing you could say is, well, if the condition didn't take effect, she doesn't owe it to the husband. So then we just treat it as a gift. It wasn't the condition, but she can keep it as a gift. So what the Gemara here is saying is, the whole premise of what we were asking over here is that when he gave her the first day, the moment she ate it, when she ate it, it was not L'Shem Kiddushin, because the condition only takes effect in the end, because he said, Bazoo, Bazoo, Bazoo. So when she ate it, what happens is it turns into a loan. She owes it to him. She has to give it back to him. And now if only the first date is the one that had a Shavu Pruta, our question was that she's being the Kedoshis with a Milve, with a loan, with that first uh, date. But if we would say that the moment he gives her the date, whether it's for Kiddushin, whether it's not for Kiddushin, it's a gift for her. She doesn't, she not, doesn't owe it to give it back to him. It's a matana. Now, when he says, bizu, oh, bizu, oh, bizu, so she got it as a gift immediately. And when she eats it, she eats it as a gift. Elamai, when he completes the Kiddushin and gives her the last date, so now that matana ends up being a matana, the shame Kiddushin. So there's no milva here, Bechlau. So then she should be Mekadeshes. And the whole question about Milva wouldn't begin Bechla. Because then I combine all three dates and say that she got it as a Matana. And that Matana is L'Shem Kedushin. Where is there any loan here? The whole concept of loan is only possible if you come with the premise that if she gets something, Shaloy L'Shem Kedushin, she owes it to him. She has to give it back to him. But if I say that if it's not L'Shem Kedushin, she can keep it. So then there's no loan here. Adarab, it's Mitzadav to the Kedushin once the Kedushin completes when he gives it the very last date. So the fact that Rab Ami over here agreed to this whole question and gave this whole answer means that when you give money to an Isha and it's not for Kiddushin, she owes it to him. She has to give it back to him. It becomes like a loan. So in connection to this, the Gemara now brings a machlaikis between Rav and Shmuel regarding this, this, this kind of a case, even though it's not exactly the same, but this kind of a concept. Itmer, so we learned a machlaikis about this. HaMekadosh HaChoyse, person comes and is Mekadosh sister. So over here, obviously, a person's Mekadosh, a sister, no Kiddushin takes effect. There's an Isser of Erva, of Kodis. And so what happens now with the money that he gave her? Rav Omar Mois Chayzrim. So Rav says that the money that you gave goes back to the man. It's obvious that there's no Kiddushin. Shmuel Omar, Shmuel says, no Mois Matana. This money here is a Matana. Okay, the Gemara here is going to explain the Swaras of the Machlaikis. This case is not, we'll see here the Swaras. It's not exactly the case, to, uh, similar to the case before regarding the date. Because the Swaras the Gemara is going to say here does not exactly apply before, but it's a similar concept. What happens here to the money of the Kedushin, where the Kedushin did not take effect? So the Gemara explains now. Rav is Chayzrim, the money goes back to the man, because Adam Yideya, a person knows, She'en Kedushin Tevsim Ba'chaisai, that there's no Kedushin for a sister. V'gama V'nosa L'Shem Pekadon, he gave this money to his sister to hold for him, and then she'll give it back to him. Frexus says the Gemara, if that's what he gave it to her, so why didn't he tell his sister, could you please hold this money for me? So the answer is, he thought his sister won't want to do him this favor. So he says it in a different way. He says, I'm giving you this money for Kiddushin, and then he figures that she'll hold on to the money for him. But really he gave it to her just as a Pekadin. She should understand that there's no Kiddushin there, and that she eventually has to give it back to him. That was his intention. Shmuel Savar, however, Shmuel says, no, Mois Matana. The money that he gave his sister here is a gift. Adam Yideya, Shein Kiddushin Tevisen Bachaisen. A man knows that there's no Kiddushin for his sister. Vigam of Anasan Lushum Matana. So he gave her the money as a gift. I even name a lot of Shum Matana. Why doesn't he tell her clearly, I'm giving you here this money for a gift? She'll be embarrassed that she has to receive uh, support and a gift from her, her brother. She, doesn't, she wouldn't want to take a favor. So therefore he tells her with this Lashna, and she accepts it. 
But really, then she comes to realize right away that this is really just a gift. That's uh, the Machlokes here. So here the Gemara is going to ask on Shmuel's opinion. Shmuel says when you give something and it's clear that what you gave, you didn't intend to give it for what you said you're giving it for, so then you really mean to give it just as a gift. So here this brings us into a whole discussion here regarding challah and truma, a similar situation where a person separates challah and it's clear that the challah does not take effect. What happens with this? Does this become a gift for the kayan? Masav Ravina, so Ravina asks, person separates chala from flour. A chala, the mitzvah of chala is only when it's a dough. But he took the chala from flour. Ain't a chala. So this is not chala at all. And not only that, the gezel, the kain that's holding on to this chala, so he's stealing, it's not his. So this is a question on Shmuel. Why is this in the hands of the kain Name, Shouldn't we say, like Shmuel said before regarding Kiddushin, Adam Yideya, a person knows, that you don't separate chala when it's flour. Everybody knows this. The mitzvah of chala is only when it's a, when it's a dough. So therefore, if this man gives this flour for the kayin, he gave it to the kayin as a gift. He didn't want the kayin to be embarrassed to receive a gift from of this, this flour. And he gave it to him as a gift. So why can't the kayin keep the flour? And then this Yisrael will have to separate from his uh, dough a second time chala. Answers the Gemara, Shani has something over there, it's different. We can't allow the Kayin to keep this uh, flower because the Nafik Chorvimina, because then this could cause a very big problem for the Kayin himself. Now, here the Gemara, the basis of the Gemara is going to say here is the mitzvah of separating Chala applies not only when Yisrael makes his dough, but a Kayin himself that makes a dough also has to separate Chala from this. So now, if so, what could happen? Zimnin de Iste le Kayin, Pachis, Machamish, Revoim, Kemach. Sometimes it could be a kayin himself is making a dough and he's making and the amount of flour that he's using for the dough is less than the shear of a dough that would be chayiv in the mitzvah of challah. What's that shear of flour? Five quarters of a log of, of flour. Rashi here has a big arichis, how we come to this cal- calculation of punk this shear. We, have, we once learned this in the Gemara in Erevin, that Pei Gimel, where the Gemara goes through the whole entire Cheshben. It's based on the Pasuk by uh, the Mon, where it says that there was an Oimer that every person got. So this shear is the same shear as the Oimer. That's the shear of the dough of Chala. Actually goes through the whole Cheshben Barichas here. So what happens if this Kayan has less than that amount for his uh, dough? And Vahai Olishle, Bahadi Adodi. And now the Kayan takes this flower that the Yisrael gave him, which he thinks is Chala. And he kneads it together with this dough, the kasava, and the kain thinks to himself, niskana yisasai, that his dough is okay, his dough is fine. I don't have to separate any challah from my dough. Why not? Because my dough is too small. This doesn't have the shear to be chayav and challah. I, I added the challah from this yisrael that I got, but that, that's not, that, that's not a, a dough. That, that's challah itself, because that's challah, so it doesn't complete the shear to be chayav and challah. And then what happens? He's going to come to eat this dough without separating challah again, and really it's tevel. It has the mitzvah of challah in it that you have to separate. So therefore, we say that the kayin cannot keep this. We don't want him to make this mistake, to combine it. But why do you have such a concern? Why would anyone make such a mistake? Didn't you say, Adam Everyone knows that you can't separate challah when it's flour. So the, the kayin should know that this flour that he got from the uh, Yisrael is not challah. It's just a gift. He'll realize afterwards that it's just a gift. 
Answers the Gemara. Yeah, people take know this halacha that usually a kain knows that he doesn't get challah as flour, but he won't necessarily realize why that is. Yedeya ve'ena yedeya. He knows, but he may not know what the reason really is. Yedeya shema frishin challah kemach. He knows that you don't separate challah as flour, but ve'ena yedeya. But he doesn't know what the reason is. The savar he might think he'll make a mistake and think tamayu that the reason my what's the reason for this mishumtircha the kain because the Torah doesn't want the kain to have to be matriach to knead his own dough so therefore the Torah said the Yisrael should give the challah to the kain after it's already a dough so it makes it easier for the kain and therefore the kain thinks to himself the the kain achilte that tircha that the Torah didn't want me to work hard I'm meichelit and therefore I accept the flower as, as a, a, a challah, and therefore there is a mitzvah of challah here. So he still may make a mistake to think that this challah that he has will not combine to his dough to be chayav and challah. And really it is chayav and challah. But why wouldn't we say, why wouldn't we say that this should be truma? Why shouldn't we be misakin something else? Let's be misakin like this. To let the kayin keep this challah. And it could be, let's consider it to be like trumah or like challah that he can keep it. And we're going to say that he has to be mitzi challah mimokim achah. We're going to tell the kayin that he has to separate challah from somewhere else. When he combines it to his dough, he has to separate challah again. Why can't that be the takana? Instead of making a takana that we tell the kayin that if you get the challah when it's still flower, you have to give it back to the Yisrael. Instead, let's make a takana that will let the kayin know that he has to separate challah again. When he combines it to a dough, that he has to separate again the challah. Didn't we learn in a Mishnah in a similar case where that is a takana? The Mishnah says in a case where a person took minhanokov al she'enenokov. This is regarding trume, so you only hide trume from something that grows from the ground in Eretz Yisrael. So if something is going, growing in a flower pot, only if it's a perforated flower pot and it gets nourishment from the ground in Eretz Yisrael, it's a chayim challah. So if you took challah from, or not challah, sorry, we're talking about trume now. If he separated trume from what grows in a nokov, in a flower pot that has a hole, so that's something which is chayim trume, and he took trume al she'en nokov on something else that's growing than a flower pot that has no hole in it. So what, 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 what is this? It's not trume at all. Because he's separating it for something else, it's not even chayiv and trume. So the Mishnah says trume, that this will be considered to be trume. But you're going to have to separate the trume and meiser from this, from what you have, this produce that you have of it, that you think it's trume and it's really not trume. You're going to have to separate trume again. Rashi says the term is you have to separate from this very produce itself, again truma, because this produce that the Kayin just received, and he thinks it's truma, but really it's not truma. Right? This, this is produce that grew in a flower pot that has a hole in it, and it's high, it, it itself grew from Eretz Yisrael. You think that it's truma because you separated it for something else, but really you separated it for something else. It's not even chayiv and truma. So what is this? This is basically produce which is tevel. Nothing was separated from it yet. So now you have to separate the truma again. So what does it say here in this Mishnah? That we treat it as truma, even though it's not truma, but we still treat it as truma. Elamai, we say to the kain, you can keep it as truma, but you have to separate truma again from it. So why shouldn't we say the same thing regarding this chala that the kain got as flour? When he got it as flour, it's really not chala. But let him keep it as chala, and then he just has to separate chala again from it if he combines it to his dough. Similar to what we're saying here, that he keeps it as truma, and he just has to separate truma again. So the Gemara answers, betray, huh? You can always have to take challah, right? 
Even yeah, correct. Yeah, but over here, true, true. Yeah, yeah, but but over here, only if he combines it to another dough and it's going to have a shear, it's going to be chayv and chala, then we'll have to separate again. Says the Gemara, we can't rely on a kayan doing this. Why? Betray money, tzotis. If it's from two different uh, vessels, so then the kayan will listen, the kayan will understand and see the difference because you took the trome from one, one keli that's nakov on another keli that's not nakov, so the kayan will realize and see that this is really not trume because over here, this is growing from the ground, this does not have a hole, it does not grow from the ground. So when you tell the kayan that he has to give trume again, he'll give trume again, he'll listen. However, when it comes over here to this challah, which is all in one challah that's coming from this flower, that is all from one pot, it's all from one place. So over here, you're going to tell the kain that he has to give challah again, he's not going to listen necessarily. So we can't rely on the kain to give a challah a second time from this. So therefore, instead, what Chachamim said is, this challah, the kain has to give back. He can't keep it, we don't want him to combine it to another dough, and then he's going to end up using it and not give a proper challah from it. That's one shot. Okay, so, okay. so according to all this, the, the, the point the Gemara is saying is, the halacha that Shmuel said could be true, that really once you give it, it should be a gift for the Kayin. The only reason it's not a gift is because we're concerned that the Kayin himself will use it together with another dough and he won't realize that he has to separate Chala again. We can't rely on the Kayin to separate the Chala again. Or the Gemara now says another answer, that the concern is not that the Kayin won't know what to do with it. The concern is, is with the Balabas, with the person that separated the Chala in the first place. The concern is about him. If you want, I'll answer you differently. As far as the Kayin is concerned, the Kayin that got this Chala, we're not concerned that he's not going to separate Chala another time from this flower if he combines it to a dough. The Kayin knows. Here Rashi says the reason why the Gemara is saying another Pshat is because we know Kayinim Zirizimein, Kayinim know the Halachis, and Bechlal, Chala, you only give to a Kayin that's a Chavar, a Kayin that knows the Halachis. We're not concerned that the Kayin is not going to give the Chala again. Rather, because the problem is the balabas that separated chala from flour before he made it into a dough, we're concerned that the balabas himself might now think that this flour here is already taken care of, and now he can use this flour and make a dough out of it, and he doesn't have to give chala again. That's the problem. We tell the client to give the flour back to this balabas, so he should realize that what he did is not a mitzvah of chala. And then he might come and use his flour that he has here. He, he's going to make a dough out of it and he's not going to separate challah again. And it's, going to, it's, it's tevel because when he gave the first time when it's flour, it's not really challah yet. <coughs> so like this, the Gemara goes through a similar discussion to what I had before. But didn't you say, that a person knows that when you separate flour, challah from flour, it's not really challah at all. So he, if he knows this, so he's just doing this to give it as a gift to the kain, And he knows he's going to have to give challah again. So the Gemara gives the same answers before Yedeya, Ve'eni Yedeya. He knows this halacha, that he doesn't usually separate challah from flour, but he doesn't know why. Yedeya, Shemafrishon challah kemach. He knows you don't separate usually from flour. But Ve'eni Yedeya, but he doesn't know the reason. The Savar, he thinks, time am I, why don't, don't you usually give challah from flour? Mishum tercha dekayin. So the kayin shouldn't have to work to make his dough. But over here, the Kayin accepted this flower, so if the Kayin accepted it, he would think that the, that the Chala is Chala. But even nevertheless, why wouldn't we say that the Chala, that this Yisrael gave from his dough, so let it be Chala. 
it wasn't from a dough. Sorry, again, he gave challah from the flour. Right? So let, 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 it, let, let it have the halach of challah. Let the kain keep it. And and let's institute, let's tell him that he has to give challah again. That's it. And once he'll know, he has to give challah again. So he'll, have to, he'll know that the first time he gave the challah, the, the, the challah did not take effect. And here the Gemara brings again, me did we not learn in a Mishnah, and this is the same Mishnah as before, but here it's another case, where over there it says, again, you have two flower pots, one is with holes in it, and it's chayiv and truma, and one is without holes, and it's not chayiv and truma, so what's if the person took from the produce that's growing in the flower pot without holes, and he used that as a truma for what's growing in the flower pot with holes, and it's chayiv and truma, so really, What's not growing in what's growing in the pot without holes cannot be truma. It's not connected b'chalal teretz yisrael. And he wants to designate that as truma. So the Mishnah there says truma. We'll say that it is truma. The kain keeps it. But the yisrael has to give truma again because since he separated truma the first time from what's in the flower pot that has no holes in it, so therefore it cannot become truma. So even so, really it wasn't truma. But nevertheless, the kain keeps it as truma. You have to give again. So the question is, we should say the same thing over here. When the Yisrael gave challah from flour, really it's not challah. So why don't we say, let the kohen keep it as challah. And then the, the, uh, the, you will tell the Yisrael, this balabas, that he has to give challah a second time. So why can't the kohen keep this challah that he gave him the first time just as a gift? I mean, Shmuel said before, when you give it, then it's not uh, challah or it's not truma. You should be able to keep it as a gift. Answers the Gemara, but didn't we say before, betray money tzois, when you tell a person regarding Trumah that he gave, and he separated Trumah of what grows in one keli, on what grows in another keli, and you come and you explain to him that this has a hole in it, this does not have a hole in it, so with that he'll listen, he'll give the truma again, but but over here, if it's from the very same flower, in the same pot, in one pot, and you tell him that he has to give chala second time from this chala, He's, he's not going to listen. From this dough, he's not going to listen. Is that true? When you tell a person that he has to give a second time, even if it's in the same path, he's not going to listen to give a second time. But didn't we learn in the Mishnah? A person that gives trume, he wants to give trume from kishus, which is some kind of uh, vegetables, I guess, something. And it turns out that the truma that he gave wasn't a good truma. Why not? Because the truma that he separated, it was spoiled. It was sour. Avatiyach, he wants to give truma from a watermelon. And it turns out that it was spoiled. And there was no, so he didn't give a proper truma. So what does the Mishnah there say? Truma. So this is a truma. And the of you should give truma a second time. So what do I see over here? When a person gives a truma, and the truma did not take effect the first time, we don't say give back the truma. And then he'll know that he has to give a second time. We say, let the kain keep the first truma, and he just has to give a second time. So we should say the same thing over here regarding challah. Let the kain keep the challah from the flower, even though it's not really challah. Let him keep that challah the first time. And even though it didn't take effect, now he'll have to give a second time. So this all goes back again as a question on what Shmuel said. Why Shmuel, Shmuel said that once you give it, it becomes a matana. If it becomes a matana, even though it was not challah, it becomes a matana. So let the kain keep this challah and you'll give it a second time. I said he won't listen to give it a second time. Here we see clearly in a Mishnah that he will listen to give it a second time. And says the Gemara, no, that case, that Mishnah you just brought is totally different. Shani hasam the Here, the reason why we say that the coin keeps the truma is because it actually is truma. Minatayda, it is truma. 
you have to give a second time only midrabanan because it became sour. So you didn't do the mitzvah properly. Midrabanan, they require you to give a second time. But really, it was already trumba the first time. Midrabiloi, as Rabiloi said, Rabiloi said, How do I know if a person separates trumba and he takes from the worst part of the produce and he gives on the best? So he's using the worst as the trumba. The trumba takes effect. Shanema, as the Pasik says, you should not have an Aveda when you separate the Truma. What is this talking about? This is talking about when a person gives from the worst of what he has for Truma, and it says it's an Aveda. Now, if the Truma that he gave did not take effect at all, it wasn't sanctified, there's no Aveda here. He, he just didn't give the Truma yet. He has to give the Truma. There's no Aveda. So Mikan, from here, Rabbi Loy learned out, when you give from the worst of your produce for the best, that the truma takes effect. Elamites and Aveda that you choose to give to the Kayim from the worst of your produce, but it, but it takes effect. So because it takes effect, over there you can't say give back the truma. Over there, the Kayim keeps the truma because it is truma. Elamai instituted that you have to give truma again because you gave from the worst. Whereas when it comes by the Chala, by the Chala, the Chala that you gave did not take effect at all. So in such a case, you give back the Chala. And the client doesn't keep it. Because if you're going to tell him to give challah a second time, he's not going to listen to us. He's not going to give the challah again.